Welcome to Women's Bible Study. We're so glad that you're with us. Wherever you are, you're with us here in spirit and in heart. And we want to join our voices and our hearts together in worship to our God who hears us no matter where we are on this earth. He hears us together. And so let's do that. Would you sing with us? Don't just watch us. Sing us. Sing with us and join with us as we lift our voices to our God.
promise keeper, the only promise keeper that we can trust in, and we thank you for that. And so we put our focus and we fix our eyes on Jesus today, the object of our affection, the ransom for our sin. Jesus, we worship you today. All things have passed away. Your love has stayed the same. Your constant grace remains the Oh. 
Jesus, we love you. Oh, how we love you. What a great worship song uh, to start our time together today. Uh, thank you for joining us. Uh, my name is Coley, for those that don't know me. Um, thanks for being in the book of Exodus with us. We are on our last week. Uh, and I don't know about you, but it's felt just crazy prophetic in the sense of where we've been and where we're going. So for those of you who've been journeying with us, uh, we've basically been with the Israelites since the beginning, since they were enslaved to Pharaoh. We've seen God deliver them out of slavery, uh, cross the Red Sea, and wander now in the wilderness for 40 years. We've been tracking along with the story and the call of Moses. Um, and now we come to the last of official lesson in our book. And it's with such awe that I enter this chapter with you because we've basically been in a worldwide pandemic uh, for the whole time that we've been studying life in the wilderness. And today, today, remember, I want you to remember Cheryl wrote this study in December and didn't know where this was going. But today, we are about to enter the promised land. And I don't know if that's hopeful for anybody, but as I read this story this week, my heart just just reminded that we have a God who sees us and knows us and has gone ahead of us. And so today, you and I are on the brink of entering the promised land with Joshua. Um, And so I hope, if nothing else, that we review today, I hope you're encouraged that we do serve a God who delivers his people out of slavery, not for naught, not to wander, but has a purpose of where he's bringing us. And we're going to explore that today. So uh, for those of you who are jumping in, we're on Joshua chapter one. And again, this has been the study of Exodus, the study of God forming his people, um, molding them into his image in the wilderness. But we've jumped a few different books to get different perspectives on the story of Exodus. And today we're going to land on Joshua one. Um, so I want to invite you to open your Bibles if you have them. The words will be on the screen, but we're jumping right into Joshua one. And this is what it says. It says, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord. I'm just going to pause there. When I read this, there felt like this deep grief in me. Think about all we've been through with Moses. We've watched Moses as a child be shipped down the river to Pharaoh's palace and to be raised in the royal household. We've been with Moses since his beginning, and now we see the death of Moses. Um, I don't know about you, but this just reminds me that our lives are short. They're shorter than we think, and there's a timeline. God has a season and a timeline on everything. So as I was reading this, the death of Moses, all that Moses has done, all that he was called to do um, has ended in his closure. But that's not the ending of the story. It's just the beginning of what God has planned for the Israelites. So after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses's aid, Moses, my servant is dead. Now then you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I am about to give to them, to the Israelites. So here we see the Lord bring a whole new dimension onto the screen. Uh, They've been formed in the wilderness. They've been wandering. God's been reminding them of his character, of his steadfastness. And now we see that they are about to cross into the promised land. Uh, So there's four things that I want us to review today. Four elements of discipleship that I hope will speak to you and I uh, wherever we are in this season of life right now. And the first one, the first element is what I call the call the call of Joshua. In verse two, Moses, my servant is dead. Now then you, 
Joshua is called out among all the people to lead the Israelites across the Jordan into the promised land. Now, when we were so, when I was studying this, I thought, man, that seems like such a fast transition of just Moses done, Joshua up. But as I did research further back, and as you did in your study this week, Joshua has been with Moses from the beginning. He's been serving him faithfully. He was one of the spies that went into the land. Joshua has been doing life with Moses under his authority for over the last 40 years. Uh, Moses has been discipling Joshua. So it's no accident, it's no surprise when Moses passes away that God raises up Joshua. And I want you to think today, I want you to think in your current circumstances, what is the Lord preparing you for? Maybe you don't know, but wherever you're serving, wherever you're being stretched, wherever you're growing, wherever God is using you, I want to encourage you to pray into that because nothing we do in the Lord's kingdom is ever in vain. Joshua's 40 years of service underneath Moses was not for nothing. God was using it <clears throat> to prepare Joshua to be the next leader. And we see just kind of this life-on-life life impact that Moses had on Joshua. Um, as for those of you that know me, you know that I'm a name nerd. I love knowing the meaning of names because I think it gives just profound insight um, into who somebody is and their character. And as you see, God names himself. He introduces himself as Yahweh. Uh, in the book of Exodus. And so I came for a little name nerd moment that I wanted to share with you. Uh, Numbers 13, 16 says, these are the names of the men Moses sent to explore the land. Moses gave Hosea, son of Nun, the name Joshua. Okay, so the name Hosea means salvation. So Hosea was Joshua's name as he was first serving with Moses. And then when Moses sent him into the land, he gave him the name Joshua. Well, the name Joshua which is Yesu, means Jehovah is salvation, and Hosea means salvation. Do you see that little tweak that Moses put in? He put the name of Jehovah Jireh, Yahweh, Yahweh is salvation. Moses changed Joshua's name, uh, which I believe significantly altered the course of Joshua's call. Joshua would be the people, would be the man charged with leading the Israelites into the promised land. Now, when we think about kind of what's happening in the book of Exodus, God is delivering slaves out of Egypt and he's bringing them to the promised land. And like we've said before, everything in the Bible points to Jesus. And so Joshua is this symbolic representation of Jesus Christ who delivers us into an eternal promised land and who it delivers us into his new kingdom, one where there is forgiveness of sins, there is peace, there is joy, and there is hope for a better tomorrow. That's what Joshua is doing in the Old Testament. He's foreshadowing Jesus Christ who will lead us into the ultimate promised land. Moses changes Joshua's name. And so I want us to think about that in the context of discipleship. Who is in your life right now that you have an impact on? Moses, all these years of his faithful service, was really discipling Joshua into this call that the Lord would put on him to enter the promised land, to go and lead people to a land of giants, to ultimately have them inherit the land God gave them. But who is in your worldview right now? Who's underneath you? Who's serving with you? Maybe it's your kids, maybe it's a colleague, maybe it's a friend. I wanna encourage you to think of your own call as a disciple maker. Now, when I say that, I don't mean some program necessarily that we do. It's not some like 
correct language that we use. It's not like a script that's like, well, do you know that? No, no, no. Discipleship is sharing our lives with Jesus with somebody else. So I want you to think, who has the Lord called you to invest in? As we saw in the story of Moses, um, our lives have a time limit. Moses is done, but the Israelites are still moving forward. We all live within the sphere of time. And so my question to us today is, who are you investing in? Who are you making disciples out of? Who is behind you or next to you that you can walk with and encourage them in who they become in the name of Jesus. I want to tell you, this is one of the most important calls we can ever receive, the Great Commission, the call to make disciples of all the nations. So I want you to think for a moment, who is it that the Lord's put on your heart to disciple? Uh, and maybe it's just inviting someone to go for a walk weekly. Maybe it's texting someone and checking, them, checking in with them. Maybe it's just asking people in your life, hey, what's God teaching you in this season? It's the call is for you to bring Jesus into people's life, to give them the hope and the promise that you have. And just as a reflection question today, wherever you are, I want you to think, who discipled you? I say, I do the air quotes because maybe it was nothing formal. Maybe they never used the word disciple, but it was someone who encouraged you to live your life for Jesus, to walk with the Lord, to be in community with him. All of us have somebody that did that for us. My Aunt Mona was the first person who encouraged me to open my heart to Jesus and to live for him, to give him everything. And because of that, because of her invitation to me, I'm still walking with the Lord today. So who discipled you and who can you be discipling? Um, this call that we see uh, is a beautiful call where Joshua gets to enter a new dimension. And I wonder today, is the Lord inviting you to a new dimension, to a new season, to a new role, to a new volunteer position, to a new leadership role? What might God be inviting you into today? And will you say yes? So that's the first element of discipleship, the call. Uh, the second one we're going to review today is the territory. We're going to jump to verse three. And the Lord says, I will give you every place where you set foot, as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon, from the great river, the Euphrates, all the way to the Hittite country, to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. Okay, so I love the NIV. It's one of my favorite Bible translations, but there's something missing in this one that I found in another one. So I want to share with you verse three from a different translation. Um, I'm going to use the New Living Translation, verse three. It says, this is God speaking to Moses. He says, I promise you what I promised Moses. Wherever you set foot, you will be on the land I have given to you. The Lord has already given this land to the Israelites. So he's telling Joshua, hey, this is the territory. He's not giving them a proposition like, hey, if you do really good, like if you, if you win the battle, this could all be yours, but it's up to you. God's saying, I've already given you this territory. It is yours. I will give you every place that you set foot. And when I was doing my research, uh, I, I learned something really sad, kind of broke my heart a little bit. So the Lord, the, the land that he's showing Joshua, he's saying, I'm going to give you this. This is the promised land. It's about 30,000 square miles, this land. So it's vast. It's a land flowing in milk and honey. It's beautiful. Uh, I learned in my research that um, based on the Israelites' journey, where they actually stepped foot, where they were willing and courageous enough to actually go, uh, only ended up covering about 3,000 square miles. That's one-tenth of what the Lord had intended them. And it just made me think, what is the territory that the Lord has given us? Uh, maybe it's your home, 
Maybe it's your place of work. Maybe it's your community. Maybe it's your block. Maybe it's your group of friends. What is the sphere of influence that the Lord has already gone before you and already given you? And how much of it have you taken? Basically, this was a call for Joshua to have faith and to walk by faith. He's saying anywhere you put your foot, is yours. And Joshua only ended up taking one-tenth of what had been given to him. And I think about when Satan wants to keep us from God's goodness, keep us from his promises, he will use things. He will use fear to keep us from fully entering the land that the Lord has given us. And so in this situation, the land, what was in the land? Giants. And that it terrified the Israelites, that there was these people that were bigger than them, these armies that seemed like they would conquer them. Um, and it stopped them from moving fully into all God had for them. And so I just want to ask you today, wh what is the territory that the Lord's given you? Where has he called you and assigned you? And would you pray into that today with me? Lord, show me the territory you've given me and give me the courage to walk by faith into the area that you've already delivered to me. Because this is, as we read in the New Living Translation, it's already done. There's nothing, it's not contingent upon whether Joshua goes. Or, the Lord says, hey, 30,000 square miles, already yours just go. Just walk in it and it will be yours. What is the Lord asking you today? Walk into it. It's already yours. Will you step in faith? A disciple as followers of Christ. We believe that God goes ahead of us to prepare a place. And so we walk in faith and obedience into all that God has for us. Ask the Lord today, Lord, what is the territory that you've given me? For Joshua, it was the entire promised land that the Lord told him, you step a foot in it, you in faith, you walk one foot, and that's yours as far as you want to go. And I believe that invitation that we can claim the things the Lord has given us by faith, I believe that still extends to us today. So what is the territory? What's your sphere of influence? And are you giving it to the Lord for his glory or are you using it for your own selfish purposes? This is our invitation to give it to the Lord. Say we have a school that you are over. The school, Lord, is all yours. Use me however you will to serve this community to bring your name glory. Uh, so that's the second element we're going to see today, the territory. And the third one we're going to go to is the promise. What's the promise the Lord's given you? I'm going to um, share with you the promise that M Joshua received. And I'm going to say that I believe it's the same promise as disciples of Christ for us today. Verse five, this is the promise that Joshua it received from the Lord. The Lord says, no one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you or forsake you. God promises to be with, with Joshua as he enters the promised land. This is not about what Joshua can do. It's not about his skill set. It doesn't matter how good he is. The Lord gives none of Joshua's qualifications. All he says is, I promise you that I will be with you. And because my power, no one will be able to stand against you. I love that. It's just this beautiful reminder that God is going to do it. God is going to use you and I because of who he is to bring himself glory in the places that he calls us. And the question he asks us is, will you trust me? 
Will you believe that I will not forsake you, that I'll walk with you? Now remember, Joshua was entering a land of giants, and you and I have our own land of giants that we enter every day. Um, I don't know what your fears are, but uh, I know that I have a ton of fears and anxiety on a daily basis about anything. Um, Am I going to fail at this? Is this person going to be mad at me? Did I handle that conflict well? Um, Am I walking in the way that I should? Will I be happy? What if I'm not satisfied? What if the Lord doesn't provide? There's all these fears that can play into our daily daily rational thinking. And the Lord says, I want you to tune out those fears and I want you to focus on the fact that I will be with you. That's the greatest promise I can give you. And so today right now, we're living in a time of a worldwide pandemic. I wonder where do you need to remember that promise that the Lord is with you? He has not forsaken you. He will not abandon you. He's with you in our, he's with us in suffering. He's with us in grief. He's with us in victory and triumph and joy and sadness. God is always with us. And that is the kind of hope uh, that you and I, we need that hope to live. We can't do this on our own. Um, And so I want to encourage you today in the situation, in the difficult situation, I know a lot of you are going through difficult situations, uh, whether with job loss, in marriages, in divorces, with kids, kids who have gone astray. We're we're filled with the brokenness of the world in our lives. I want to invite you, what does it look like for you to allow God to be with you in that place for you to surrender and say, God, I can't do this. I, I can't fix the problem. I can't pay the bills. I can't mend the relationship, but you can. You promise to never leave me or forsake me. What does it look like for you to sit in the passenger seat and to put God in the driver's seat in one of the most difficult situations of your life? Don't miss that promise because it extends to you and I, disciples of Jesus, descendants of uh, Joshua, that promise exists for us. God will never leave us or forsake us. And as disciples, we have to cling to that promise because without God, we can do nothing. Apart from me, you can do nothing, God says. But with God, all things are possible. So will you allow God into your impossible situation today? I want to remind you that Joshua entering the promised land, this was not like a Disney World pass where he got to go in and have fun. He was up against all the giants of the land who wanted that territory as their own. It was a battlefield. It was not an easy picnic. God, when he says, I'm going to give you the land, it wasn't like, hey, just step in and it's ready for you. It was like, hey, you're going to have to battle for every inch of land that you have, but I will be with you. So I want to encourage you, if you're in the battle, don't think that you've missed it. Don't think like, why did she get the Disney pass and I'm fighting the war? We're all in a battle for what God has for us. So battle with him, invite him in, invite him to be your shield and your armor and your strength when you can't carry on because the Lord has goodness. And just because you're in a battle doesn't mean you're in the wrong spot. It most likely means you are exactly where you need to be and you need to stand firm and let the Lord battle with you. So the promise, uh, remember that. And then the last one, is the command. How is God asking you to do what he's asking you to do? Well, we're going to check this out in verse 6. Joshua verse, chapter 1 verse 6 says, this is the Lord speaking to him again. He says, be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. He says it again, verse 7. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn to it to the right or to the left that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. And then verse nine, as just a repetition one more time. 
Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. This is the command. To not let fear overtake you. To not let fear steal the joy the Lord's given you. To steal the land that he wants you to inherit. To, dis, to disroute the call that God's put on your life. God has made each of you with a unique purpose and a unique call. And Satan loves nothing more than to get you off track of what that call is. So he'll use fear. He'll use doubt. He'll use insecurities. He'll use persecution. He'll use whatever he can to keep you from what the Lord's called you to do. And one thing that you and I are all called to do we're all called to make disciples. We're all called to lead others to know Jesus. And Satan will do anything he can to come against us. And so God knows that. Again, God's like this master chess player who's up above who can see 30 moves ahead. And he knows that Satan is gonna try to get Joshua out of his calling by making him afraid, either by the people not following him or the giants coming at him or the battle being too tough. Satan wants to wipe Joshua and God wants Joshua to succeed. And so he tells him how, and it's the same for you and I today. He says, be strong and courageous. You and I can be strong and courageous because when we believe in Jesus, we have the power of the Holy Spirit living inside of us. It's no longer our own strength that's battling. It's the strength of the Lord. Um, I used to have this old iPhone and the charger on it was super, super weak. And so I, it would charge all night and it would maybe the next morning, it'd be at like 45, 46%. And it was so frustrating because I live off my phone. If you're like me, my screen time in the pandemic is so embarrassing. I don't want to admit it to anybody, um, but my old phone would only make it a few hours before it died. This is the picture of our strength without God. You and I trying our best, battling, doing it on our own. We can, I mean, 46% is a long shot. We can make, I can maybe do 13%. But when we plug in to the actual source, when I got my new iPhone and had a strong connection, a strong charger, I plugged it in for an hour. It was at 100%. When you and I plug into the source of life, who is Jesus Christ in us, his Holy Spirit indwells us, when we tap into that power source, we have the freedom to be strong and courageous in circumstances that are ever against our odds. Uh, no matter how big these giants were that Joshua was coming against, the Lord told them, be strong and courageous. Why? The 30,000 foot chessboard move, because I know the plans I have for you. I know how to wipe these giants out. They might seem really scary to you, but they're nothing to me. To God, they're just dominoes to topple them. So God gives you and I that call. He says, be strong and courageous. Put on the Holy Spirit. Put on my power. Plug in to the real source. And how do we do that? He tells them, he says, Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you will be careful to do everything written into it. Guys, the Bible is our guide. It's like a treasure map to the best treasure we could ever find. It's the map home to Jesus. And the word is what we, you and I are to live by. So God gives us his word, again, not as this Sunday school to-do list, not as this good Christian should read the Bible. He gives it to us as like our war guide in a battle. And he says, this is how you will be successful and prosper. Meditate on my words. Why? Because they're alive and active. The word of God is God's battle plan for us. It's like our charge pack. When we get inside God's plan, his will, uh, then we start operating on the same heartbeat and rhythm and strength and forth of the Lord. And so he says, you want to know how you're going to survive in the promised land? You want to know how you're going to survive the pandemic tomorrow? You want to know how you're going to do another day of homeschooling with your kids? 
get in my word. It is the source of strength, the source of power, the source of truth. It will guide you to where you need to go. It's the word of the Lord that keeps us in check with God. And I love that it says, then you will be prosperous and successful. He's saying, Joshua, you're stepping into a new role that Moses has just done this whole time. You're brand new. Let me give you a piece of advice. Be in my words. Study on it. Meditate it. It will bring you to the eternal life that you're seeking. And I want to say the same thing for you and I today. The command for us is the same, to be strong and courageous when fear and circumstances seek to destroy and take what God wants to give us and to stay in the word of the Lord. Um, I'm so thankful that you and I get to do Bible study together. I'm so thankful for all of you that have never joined, that jumped in. We believe that the word of God is alive and active and can change us. Um, And so I wanna encourage you, continue. After this Bible study is over, stay in the word. Ask God to reveal himself to you daily. Follow what it says. It's in our obedience that we get through the wilderness, that we make it across the promised land into the land flowing of milk and honey. So I wanna encourage you in that as we close today. And then the last little thing I wanna share with you is um, kind of the conclusion of this chapter. I didn't have the time to get fully into it. Um, But Joshua 1, 16 through 18. So God calls Joshua to step up into a new leadership position. Uh, He's faithful, he's obedient. And the people, this is how they respond to Joshua uh, after he tells them everything the Lord tells them. Verse 16, then the people, or they, answered Joshua, whatever you have commanded us, we will do. And wherever you send us, we will go. Just as we fully obeyed Moses, so we will obey you. Only may the Lord your God be with you as he was with Moses. Whoever rebels against your word and does not obey it, whatever you may command them will be put to death. Only be strong and courageous. You see, when we follow the model of someone else. Joshua followed the model of obedience that Moses set, and then Joshua mirrored it. And what happened is the people followed him. They said, "You, we will follow you, we will protect you, we will do as you did. Discipleship is this chain of victory, victory, victory. When we are following somebody who's chasing after the Lord and we seek to mirror it and someone else seeks to mirror that, we pass down a legacy, generation and generation of faithful, successful obedience. And so again, as one last rally call, I wanna ask you, who are you discipling? Who has the Lord brought into your heart or mind um, that would allow you to pour out what you've been given? Or maybe you're in a season that you said, I'm new to this. I've never, I've never been in any kind of thing like this. I want to be discipled. I don't think I've ever been discipled. I want to encourage you. Um, our church does this amazing thing called Huddle, which is where we focus on discipleship together for nine months. Um, and pastors on our staff all lead a huddle. And in women's ministry, we have other huddle leaders with us. So if you are new to this concept of discipleship, of what it means to follow Jesus with somebody else, I want to just give you an open invite that you, I would encourage you to pray and think about if you want to join a huddle with us. Um, They start in September and they go through May. So we're just finishing up our huddles this year. But if that's something you're interested in, I want you to email um, the 
our Women at TA account that's up on the bottom of your screen. Let us know that you want to be in a huddle and we'll have someone reach out to you because we want you to be people that make discipleships and w- disciples and we want to be people that make disciples with you. So don't let this message go by you um, and just float over your head. Think and pray about who you are called to disciple and how you're called to walk in line with the truth of God. Joshua was a perfect example of someone who'd been trained, prepped. He received the call. Then he he acknowledged the territory before him. He listened to the promise of God and he walked in the command of how to live that out. That's what I want to encourage you and I to do as we live our lives um, in this time, in this season. So family, friends, uh, praying for you in this season. Thank you so much for joining with us. We'll have one more talk next week, not based on the study in your book, um, but it will be some reflection and a little bit, I'm going to do kind of like a, a 40 foot view of kind of the whole book of Exodus of two points that we can chew on and take away. So um, join us for the talk next week, but you will not have homework. So just looking forward to seeing your faces and blessings on you today. I'm going to pray as we close. Father, thank you that you call us into this beautiful process of discipleship, God. Thank you that you discipled uh, the 12 who then discipled the world, Father. And we want to be part of that, Lord. So would you invite us into a community, um, whether it's us discipling someone younger than us or someone um, in our community or us being discipled if that's never happened before. I pray that you'd lay on each woman's heart, Lord, the call that you have for her life. And I thank you for all the women who have joined in this study, God. Would you bless them today? uh, And would you use them for the greater good of your kingdom? In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Blessings on you today.